Amen. Did you hear that? The Lord just spoke. Did you come wanting to receive something from God tonight? The Lord just spoke. Amen. In that, in that uh, parable in Matthew 13, I have in my Bible written, conceal or reveal. And I, I don't want the things of God, the voice of God, to be concealed to me. And we got to keep our hearts right. Just keep your heart right. Keep your attitude right. And because uh, God is speaking. He, he is speaking to you. He is drawing you. Thank you, Brother Jaden. That was an excellent, excellent sermon. I wasn't sure what to call it. Sermonette. Amen. We got a special speaker next week, too. So we're going to do this periodically. God is so good. We're going to continue tonight. And I'm, I'm not going to try to go too terribly long. But uh, you know that I don't try very hard with that either. But we're going to continue on in 1 Corinthians, our, our series on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, again, before I get started, just remember, church tomorrow night at 7, be here, be here at all costs. Um, Brother Cornwell is going to be preaching. He told me, he said, I got a word for your church. So please be here. Uh, I believe God's going to do something special tomorrow night. And then Saturday morning, um, that seminar starts breakfast at 845, starts at 930. It'll go to about noon. Uh, it'll be on Bible studies. Um, there are uh, several of Brother Cornwall's pastors are coming here with him. And uh, they're going to be speaking and ministering. So please take time and attend these uh, seminars we have Saturday and also church tomorrow night. 1 Corinthians 12, of course, uh, this is uh, getting, oh yeah, then All Nations Sunday. We got a busy weekend, folks. It's All Nations Sunday, Sunday, okay? And there's a sign-up sheet in the back. Please bring your, you know, your family favorite. There's invites back there, inviting people to come. Brother Denville's going to be preaching for us. Uh, I'm just expecting that somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost Sunday. It just seems like a good Sunday for someone to get the Holy Ghost. So just come expecting uh, a great move of God and uh, also there'll be good food afterwards. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. I just got a lot to say tonight before I even get to the word, but we understand that 1 Corinthians 12, we are getting into uh, the spiritual gifts, um, the supernatural uh, spiritual gifts in chapter 12. And uh, the first verse says, now, the Apostle Paul says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So the Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that the church in Corinth um, understood and were not misinformed in regards to spiritual gifts. And, and we can, reading into this, we can maybe, you know, see that they had some things out of line and out of order, and Paul was writing to them to correct some of these things. And, and I'm going to split this chapter into two lessons. And I wanted to, I kind of want to just, before we get into chapter 12, I just wanted to go back a little bit um, and uh, look at some other portions of Scripture um, that refer to some other spiritual gifts. Of course, we know in chapter 12 that there, Paul's going to be talking about the supernatural spiritual gifts. But tonight, we're going to kind of go back before we get to these gifts to talk about some other gifts um, that the Apostle Paul um, talked about in a few other of the epistles. Um, there's three different portions of Scripture 
uh, that describe types, uh, three different types of gifts that God has given um, to us individually and also to his children. Amen. They just cut out on me. So we got three portions of scripture talking about uh, three different types of gifts that God has given to us. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start with what uh, Brother Bernard, amen, calls service gifts. And Brother Bernard has, a, I will say, has a great book um, really explaining spiritual gifts. And I did take a lot of uh, kind of an outline from his book. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, so let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity and he that ruleth with diligence and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So the apostle Paul here uh, begins to talk about some service gifts um, and, and we would recognize tonight, and he, and he started out talking that, that anything good, right, anything, any gift that we receive from God is not because of us. So let's make that really clear. Like on Christmas Day when you're opening up gifts and you, re, you get something really good, it's not because of how good you were necessarily, but it's about how good the giver was, Right? So there's nothing that we can do that's so good that we would be deserving of these gifts. That's why they're, they're called gifts. Um, so Paul warns them um, not to think too highly of themselves in regards to receiving gifts from God, okay? And a lot of times, and I begin to think about this today, and this is probably a whole other lesson, but, you know, Oftentimes, when we can't see ourselves for really who we are, oftentimes that is a good opportunity for pride, okay? Because we either think of ourselves too highly, or sometimes we can think of ourselves too lowly. And that's pride, but, if, but through the word of God, right, we can, and through the Holy Ghost, we can, God can begin to show us ourselves. And when we have a, an accurate estimation of ourselves, it prevents a lot of pride. Amen? When you begin to really think about yourself and maybe how good you aren't, it'd be tough to have pride, okay? But we won't get into that tonight because God, what, the point we're trying to make is God is the author of everything good. He's the author of everything that we achieve spiritually, okay? So anything good comes from above. God is the source of our faith, and he has given the entire church a measure of faith. And he, and he talks about these gifts, and he wants us to, to do them well according to the faith 
So if you operate in the gifting that God has given you well, it's not because of how good you are. It's only because of the faith that God has given you to operate in the gifting. Okay, so when we begin to, to look at these functions and, and spiritual abilities and giftings, we gotta understand it's not us. It's not us, it's God working through us. Amen, they're gifts from God. So we look at this word gifts and it comes from the Greek word uh, charismata. It's the same uh, word here in Romans used also in, in 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the supernatural gifts. Um, This word is related to the same word used for grace. So it refers to the undeserving blessing of God. Okay, that's the grace. We didn't deserve it. It's the unmerited love towards us. We didn't deserve his grace. So gifts from God are free. They're unmerited and they're miraculous endowments from God. And Paul uses the analogy, um, both here and also in in 1 Corinthians, of of the human body um, that has many parts. And these parts or members, they they all don't have the same function. They all don't have the same office. Um, And we understand that the church is the body of Christ. and, And we are the temple, right, in which God dwells in. Okay? We are the temple in which the Holy Ghost dwells in, the body of Christ. And we as Christians are all members of that one body. Okay? So Paul, he uses this analogy several times. And different members of the church have different offices and gifts. We're not all the same. Thank the Lord. Amen. I'm glad everybody's not like me. That'd be disastrous. Um, And just as body parts have different functions, okay, we also function differently in the same body. Uh, For this, we shouldn't, you know, because of this, we shouldn't compare ourselves amongst each other. It's not really fair for the, the arm to compare itself to the leg. There's really not a comparison. And the Bible actually talks about if you begin to compare yourselves amongst each other, he calls it foolishness. And a lot of times we do have a tendency to do that in our flesh, but uh, as far as the body, we just understand that we are different from the other members and that's how God designed it. And we, as being part of the body, should be able to recognize um, a diversity of functions in the body. And just because there's diversity, it doesn't mean that there's disunity, okay? So in the body of Christ, we've heard it said that you can have conformity, that we're all conforming to the will and to the nature of God. That's that's holiness, right? Brother Walter's definition of holiness. Conforming to the the overall purpose of what the body's trying to do. So we, we strive for conformity, but not uniformity, okay? Just because we're striving for conformity for the same purpose doesn't mean we all look and act exactly the same. We all don't have the exact same uniform on, okay? Because we function differently within the body. 
It's also important to recognize and identify our particular gifts and exercise them to the best of our ability. Okay, so when we are able to recognize the gifting that God has, the giftings that God has given us, and we just kind of stay in our lane and, and really strive to do good in those things, it benefits the whole body. It benefits the whole body. And it's really, in the kingdom of God, I think it is, it is good to know who you are, to know your strengths, to know your weaknesses. Amen? I believe that the, a couple good ways to really know who you are is not necessarily to ask yourself, okay? But I believe that a lot of times if you ask yourself who you are, there's gonna be a, a skewed, tainted um, description, okay? For most of us, that, that would be the case. But the best way to truly know who you are is through the Holy Ghost, through God speaking to you, okay? To look into the word as the mirror, right? You look into the word and you're able to see yourself. There's a reflection back at yourself to see who you really are. So you got the Holy Ghost helping you see who you are. You got the word showing you who you really are. And also, sometimes your brother or sister can help you reveal who you are. Amen, that's okay too. I believe that iron does sharpen iron. And uh, I, you know, I, the other day I was with, we were out hunting at, at Brother uh, Ben Simon's house and, you know, Josh was here, he, my, my childhood buddy, he grew up two blocks from me. You know, we just started talking and he told me something about myself. And uh, he began to tell me how, you know, you know, as a kid, uh, how I was. And I was like, really? I was like, I, I didn't realize that about myself. And uh, sometimes... It's okay to open up yourself to somebody else and be like, hey, how did I handle that situation? Hey, is there anything I can do better? And a brother, a good brother, good sister will be honest. And I think, uh, I think that's part of being the body of Christ. Amen? And usually our own estimation of ourselves is oftentimes skewed. Um, sometimes we think too highly. Sometimes we think really, you know, the worst in ourselves. So, um, but God will show you who you are. You know, Jesus asked the disciples and Peter, whom do men say that I am? You know, who, who does everybody say that I am? Of course, Peter answered, right? And, and Jesus' response to Peter was, thou art Peter. He's like, you, sh you told me who I am, Peter, but I'm gonna show you who you are. Okay, so it's okay to, to ask God, God, can you show me who I am? Can you reveal my weaknesses and help me operate in my strengths? I think that's a good thing. Um, these gifts that God gives us are truly from God and not merely human strengths. Um, there are some natural human abilities that do correspond um, with these giftings, these natural, abil ability, these natural abilities that we have, um, even though we, we kind of like to separate the spiritual from the natural, but even if you've been given a natural ability to do something, that natural ability was still from God, okay? Understand what I'm saying? So if you have a, if you're just intellectual, like, you know, I'll pick on Brother Pete a little bit. Brother Pete thinks completely different than me, Okay? 
And for that, he's, I would say he's a better teacher than me. So because of this natural ability for him to think a little more analytical than me, it makes him a really good teacher. But that natural ability that God gave Brother Pete was from God. So it's still a supernatural gifting. So a lot of times we have these natural abilities and, and we can really dive into some of these things that, and, and, and what I'll say though is just because you maybe are good at something, it doesn't necessarily mean that's how God's gonna use you in the kingdom. Okay, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You know, there may be people in this place today that are super musical, okay? And you came into church, and I don't know. I really don't know. But it doesn't necessarily mean that God's gonna use you in that particular thing. He may choose to. He may, he may choose to take you to another level in your musical ability and use it for the kingdom. But just because we have a natural ability doesn't always mean that God will use that in the kingdom. Sometimes he'll use you in ways that you never thought you could be used. Amen? When you get the Holy Ghost, sometimes he'll, he'll give you a special gifting that you never dreamed of being used in, that you never were used in any other way before. And God gives you this gifting for the kingdom. Does that make sense? All right, so getting into these, what we would call service gifts, we got the first one, prophecy. This is just a divinely inspired utterance. Um, It's speaking under um, divine unction to edify others. Um, It does not necessarily involve a prediction of the future. Oftentimes when we think of uh, prophecy, we we go right to the the prophet and, and future things being told. But I believe in this context that the general meaning is, is an anointed testimony, and an, uh, an anointed proclamation, or even just preaching. Preaching is prophetic. There's, there's sometimes, you know, the preacher gets up here and, and preaches something and speaks directly to somebody. That's a divine utterance from God. That's prophecy. And I believe in Acts 2.17, and this is what, what Joel was referring to. It says, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and, and comfort. So we have this, uh, this gifting of, of prophecy and, and really it could be done over the pulpit. It could be done in a home Bible study where God is using you to proclaim the word of God and he gives you a word for that particular person you're teaching or discipling. Okay, so we have prophecy. Uh, number two is we have ministry, the service gift of ministry. It means simply service to others, particular, particularly service in the church. You know, some people are really gifted in this area. They really have a heart to serve. I was in Mayo this week, you know, to be there for Sister Chuppy, and she was trying to serve me while I was there. Right? She's like up late doing dishes. Can I get you something to drink? And I'm like, Sister Chuppy, I came here to help you. 
She has a heart to serve. Okay, so there's some people that have been given this ability. They have no problem just putting their head down and serving. I mean, and we, we, you know, we think about this. We think about cleaning tables and vacuuming and, and lawn work and all these sort of things that need to be done in the kingdom. And that's part of it. But, it, but this ministry, you know, serving can, can be all the way up to a, a deacon in the church and an assistant and, and a minister in the church. We call them ministers because they serve the kingdom. Okay, it could lead to organizational matters and, and business in, in the local church. The gift to minister, the gift just to serve. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just tell me what time to show up and I'll be there to serve. And that, that's a special gifting that some have. Uh, number three, we have teaching. This is just simple instruction, home Bible study teachers, Sunday school teachers. Um, you know, I've had some some people in my life, aside even from my, my pastor, that taught me a lot of things. They were just good at teaching. They were able to explain things well. They were good at discipling. You know, the Bible talks about discipleship and, and teaching the word of God. Women teaching the younger women, okay? So there's a gift to teach. Um, the gift to, of exhortation. This is kind of a cool gift. And it simply means the 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 giving of encouragement, a gift to encourage. That's pretty cool. A gift to just comfort people. Um, some people have this gift in, in, their, in, a, in their public testimony or even while they preach. I was thinking about this. I don't know if you guys know who Brother Wayne Huntley is. Like, I believe that that guy, I, he just preaches encouraging messages all the time. Of course, he pastored a church, and I'm sure he didn't always do that at his home church, but he's just an encouraging guy to be around. And every message I've ever heard him preach was just like, wow, you just, you're just encouraged, you're comforted. And uh, so sometimes it's used in preaching or just public testimony or you know, personal contact, friendships, calls, text messages, letters, etc. I remember coming into the church, there were several people uh, that were my age, several young, several young men that, you know, I, I struggled a lot and they would just call me. We didn't, we didn't text back then, believe it or not. They would just call me. Hey man, how you doing? Just calling to encourage you. I hope you're doing well. That really helped me. And there's some people that you're just around. They just encourage you. Amen. That's a, a special gifting from God, a gift to encourage. We, we talk about Barnabas, the book of Acts, he was called the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. They gave him this nickname because he, he must have just been an encouraging guy to be around. He just, uh, he, just comf- he was able to comfort those around him. And I was thinking about that a little bit, you know, the whole deal with John, Mark, and Paul. And, uh, you know, they got into a, a sharp disagreement whether John, Mark should go with them on this second missionary journey because he kind of left them hanging before. And, uh, and I believe that, you know, both the Apostle Paul and Barnabas were probably right. Can, can you believe that? They were both right, Brother Woods. And, uh, you know, I think Apostle Paul had the authorities like, I don't trust this guy. I don't think he should come. And maybe it was good for John Mark to stay home. Right? It's okay sometimes to say no to people. It's probably good for John Mark to stay home. But at the same time, Barnabas was upset about this. 
And of course, I think this was his nephew or cousin or there's some sort of relation. And he encouraged John Mark. So John Mark received a reprimand and encouragement at the same time. And I think that's what he probably needed. And then we read later on that, you want to know what? You know, Paul's kind of saying, is writing his last letters, and who did he call for? He called for John Mark. He's like, he'd be beneficial to my ministry right now. It all worked out. And, uh, and Barnabas encouraged John Mark. Amen. I, I, I'd like to, I'm going to ask God, you know, can you help me? Be, I want to be encouraging. I want to be that guy. Like, that, that's a fun thing to be. And I, there's some people in this room I can think of right now. Like, it's, it's kind of fun to be around you. Like, I'm encouraged when I'm around you. Okay? The gift of giving. The gift of giving means to literally share your blessings, material blessings with others within the church. Apostle Paul says, give with simplicity. Okay? Generously, singleness of heart, sincere concern. Um, some people are, I mean, if we're just honest with ourselves, some people are more blessed than others when it comes to materialistic things. They just seem that God just has given them resources and they, these guys are always in the right place at the right time and they seem to just know how to make money and yada, yada. And uh, they're just blessed. But I believe that uh, with that, there comes a, a great responsibility um, to use the resources that God has given you wisely. And I think one of the ways that God likes to, if he blesses people, he likes to use them in the gift of giving. It's not that those that are blessed materially are more superior, um, but they have been given a gift for the purpose of assisting his kingdom in a special way. Um, we shouldn't be selfish in this, but generous, Recognize that in God's plan, these people who operate in this gift have a greater ability and responsibility to give the most, to give more than others. And what an awesome gift, what a great responsibility that God entrusted you to operate in the gift of giving. And, and you know, you don't always have to be rich, right, to maybe for God to use you in this gift, the gift to give. You know, I think about Christmas all the time, and there's something, we call it magical, about Christmas. Like, it's just fun. You know, we talk about the Christmas. Shayla's already playing Christmas music. We love Christmas. It's a fun time. And I, I began to think about this several years ago, like, what, what about Christmas is so magical? And I came to the conclusion that it's the spirit of giving. Like it's fun to give. It's fun to buy gifts for other people. So to operate in the gift of giving, you get to live in the spirit of Christmas all the time. I mean, you're constantly having Elvis playing Christmas music in your vehicle, singing Blue Christmas. No, don't, don't do that. Okay. The gift to lead, leading, or, or the King James says ruling, speaks of direction, guidance, and influence within the church. This role needs to be exercised carefully uh, with diligence and earnestness. God has ordained rulers or leaders in his church, and it's important to, to submit yourselves to those who lead. 
And of course, we, we don't want leaders who lord over the flock. We don't want pastors who lord over the flock that God gave them. But God has given a gift to the church for people to lead, right? Like that's a pretty awesome thing. I don't know if, if anybody's ever been in a situation where it was just like complete chaos and there was nobody in charge. And there was nobody to lead. Have you ever been like with a group, you know, at a restaurant, there's like 30 people and you're all looking at the table? You're like, where should I sit? I kind of like it when there's somebody there just to be like, you sit there, you know, and they just kind of lead the way. Because otherwise I got to walk away. I did, I, a lot of times I just go to the bathroom. And then when I get back, everybody's seated. I don't like the chaos. And, uh, or you get to a job site and nobody knows what's going on. There's no leader on the job site. I'll tell you what, I like when, when there's a leader, when there's somebody there who can tell you what to do. Like it's assuring, like there's security in having a leader. Amen? And for many years, especially through my 20s, I always thought that I had to be the leader. It was a, it was a, it's, a, it's a misfortune of mine. A mis, it's, a, it's a character flaw. And uh, I've come to the realization that I, I love it. Like now when I go do a window job, I did one a couple weeks ago, believe it or not. And uh, I did one with Ryan. He's a guy that works for us. I'm like, Ryan, you're in charge. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. And on a window crew, the guy on the inside is kind of like the guy in charge. He's the guy that does the finish work. He's the guy talking to the customers. He's the guy, you know, he's cleaner. He's more professional. The guy on the outside is kind of the raggedy guy. He's the guy that has to stand in the freezing cold on a plank, okay? And uh, I'm okay just being that guy on the outside. It's okay. Like, he's better than me. He's a better leader than me. He knows to install these windows better than I do. I kind of like it. It's secure. Like, he knows what he's doing. So that's a gift that God has given to the church, people who lead. That's pretty cool. Okay? A gift to show mercy. Wow. Merciful. So people who are just, they have a gift to be kind to others. Um, examples of the, you, these people are one that are very apt to go visit the sick. They, they, have, they go help the poor. They assist widows and orphans. They're full of compassion for others who are in less than ideal circumstances. They really, it seems like they really have the ability to, to, to put themselves in other people's shoes and, and to feel what they are feeling and to really, they're able to understand their circumstances and almost take it upon themselves as well and they comfort them and they show them mercy. I know there's been some people who have, along the way, who have just cried with me. <laughs> they should have maybe just slapped me, but they just, they showed compassion. They were just there. I understand what you're going through. You're going to make it. The gift to show mercy, the gift to be kind to others. Thank God we have people like that in the church. Thank God I got friends like that. Amen. So 
These are the service gifts. And, and to some extent, every mature Christian should be able to function in these seven areas just listed. Um, however, we, like we said, each Christian has areas of special strength given by God. And I, I don't believe that this list, that that is the list, right? I believe that this list goes on. Like there's other things, there's other giftings that God gives the church, that this, uh, this list isn't exhaustive. Titus 3.1 says, uh, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. We should be ready to do a great work for God and to help the body of Christ. But I think it's beneficial, I think it's expedient that we would know and understand the special gifting and strong points that God has given us and what he wants us to operate in so that we can do it as effectively as we can. Amen. If somebody, uh, if somebody can do something better than me and that's their gifting, I want them to do it. Okay? Uh, on a job site, if somebody's better than me at something for the purpose of getting the job done efficiently and correctly, I want them to do it. And that's how the body of Christ works. God, we have these special abilities and it is best that we know our role that we know what lane we're supposed to be in, get in that lane and just let God help you. Amen? Wow, it's 8.09. Brother Pete, I have like 42 more pages of notes. No, I don't. I've never had 42 pages of notes. Five pages, folks. Five pages. That is, that's where I got to stop at five pages. You want to know what? So next week, we're going to continue on talking about the office gifts. You put that slide up there. So we're going to go to Ephesians 4, um, talk about the ministerial office gifts that God has given the church. Of course, we oftentimes refer to this as the five-fold ministry. And then after that, next slide, we're going to get into the supernatural gifts in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So these are all gifts that God has given the church and then interesting enough, at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, the next slide, Paul kind of throws everything that we talked about into a combined list. There's some service gifts, there's some supernatural gifts, and then there's some office gifts. So I want to try to help us understand all these different gifts that God has given the church. Amen? God's good. It's a good time to be a part of the church of the living God. Amen? I don't believe that we're lacking any gifting. And I believe that God is speaking, he's calling, he's pulling, amen, and the church is moving forward. The church wants to ex you to accept your calling, to understand your gifting, to understand your role in the kingdom of God. Get in that lane and just stay in it, amen? Let's all stand tonight. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we close. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy tonight. God, I pray that you would have your hand upon this church, upon this collective body of believers, God, that you would bless them, God, that you would strengthen them, God, touch every man, woman, and child, God, touch every family unit, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be a part of your church, to be a part of your kingdom, God, and what you're doing right now in this time. God, you placed us here for a reason in this time 
time and in this place. So God, I pray that you would bless all the the services this weekend, the banquets, the, the seminars, God, that you would just speak to us. God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.